It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. I'm going to read and react an article from ESPN Plus, which talks about current NBA players that outperformed or underperformed draft experts' projections. And they talked about Denny Avdia. We're going to talk about what, whether they think that he was drafted too high or too low. I'm going to read and react to that. And then also we're going to review Tomas Sadaransky's 21-2022 season with the Washington Wizards. And also there's some rumblings about him signing with Barcelona. Well, let's get to it. You are locked. You are locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so I just want to get to this article talking about the draft picks from, I want to say 2019 and 2020 or 2021, um, guys that were rated too high and too low. Just to give you guys some context, this is from ESPN+. Plus. I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm just going to read the excerpt or the small um, part about Denny Abdia. And um, guys that were rated too low on this list is the 2018 draft, Jalen Brunson. Just to give you some context, he was he was picked uh, he was picked number 33 in the 2018 NBA draft, and of course, you know he's playing really well. He's played well in the playoffs. Um, he said he had a 40 point game in the playoffs. I mean, he's had a ridiculous career. Nobody really thought he was going to play this well, and now he's going to earn a, a pretty large contract. He's probably going to get 18 million plus in free agency, and the Washington Wizards should be interested in bringing in Jalen Brunson. So that's that's the first guy that was rated. Too low. The next guy is Shea Gilgis Alexander. He was picked at number 11 in the 2018 NBA draft. He's already got a hefty contract from the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. He was on the Clippers. He's played really, really, really well so far. Um, I want to say he's gotten a max deal. Uh, Trey Young is on the list at number five. Uh, you know, Marvin Bagley was picked over him. There were some other guys, you know, DeAndre Ayton was picked before him, who, who's had a good career. Um, Luka Doncic, you know, they, there's an argument who's better, Luka or Trey Young. You can go back and forth on this one. Um, you know, Trey Young has made it to a what to an Eastern Conference Finals. Luka has not made it to a Eastern or to a Western Conference Finals. Um, but they're both great players. They're both going to be all stars for years and years and years. All NBA players for years and years to come. So I guess number five is you know if you do that draft over again, it's going to be Luka number one, and then Trey number two. You could really argue either way for number one or number two, in my opinion. Um, and then after that, probably DeAndre Aiden, Marvin Bagley would drop lower from that 2018 draft. Next for too high was Jared Culver, pick number six for the Phoenix Suns. He's not on the Suns anymore. Now he's on the Timberwolves. He was traded. He's been pretty underwhelming so far in his career. He was highly touted coming out of Texas Tech. Texas took his team to the Final Four and battled against Virginia. Had a really, really decorated college career. It just has not panned out. Um, number The next guy who was rated too high was Sekou. Uh, Dumboya, I'm probably butchering his last name from the Pistons. He has 
really he's he's almost out of the league right now to be honest he was picked number 15 um he's almost out of the league to be honest he has not lived up to the to the preseason hype i remember there was a lot of preseason a lot of pre-draft hype to seku coming out and he just did not work out for the pistons he barely could get in the rotation they traded him early um and then he was a two-way player on the los angeles lakers that ended out um and, and right now i don't he, he might not even be in the league right now so that's that's what's going on with seku so next is our guy, Danny Avdia, on the rated two high list, pick number nine in the 2020 draft. But I do want to give some context about people that, that were in that draft. That draft, it's an okay draft, but there's some people who were drafted ahead of him as well that have not lived up to the hype. I'm going to get to some of those guys, too, just comparing to where Danny Avdia was drafted. You know, remember, he was touted as the still of the draft. Mike Schmitz said that he was the still of the draft. Mike Schmitz is the guy who wrote the article. Um, also found something before that the Wizards wanted to trade up for Denny Avdia. This is per Chase Hughes. He said the team almost traded up with Chicago, with Chicago, with the Chicago Bulls to get him at four, but the cost was too high. So that kind of tells you how much Tommy Shepard really loved uh, Denny Avdia before the draft. I mean, there was you know, talks about him, you know, having shades of Luka Doncic, you know, being the steal of the draft. There are some people who said that he was going to be the best player out of that draft, you know, with Anthony Edwards in that draft, on the ball in that draft as well. James Wiseman's in that draft as well from 2020. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to read a little bit from this article, and then I'm going to react in the next segment. So this starts off, Mike Smith says, quote, it's far too early to write the 21-year-old Denny Avdia off after 136 career games. The fact that he has evolved into a versatile defender while playing all 82 games and shooting a career best 76% from the free throw line last season is a major step in the right direction. That was a pre-draft concern for most of his skeptics when projecting when projecting his three-point shooting. So that was a concern. And right now he's shooting 31% from the three-point line, which is below average. So it's still a concern for him. And the pre-draft process or the pre-draft evaluation was correct on his three-point shooting. Now back to the quote, Avdia showed more glimpses of shot creation than ever toward the end of the regular season. Although I still... Project Avdia as an eventual starter on a playoff team. I personally had him third overall, LaMelo Ball, third overall behind LaMelo Ball, who was first, and Anthony Edwards second, just ahead of Tyrese Halliburton. I dubbed him the steal of the draft when the Wizards selected him ninth overall. In retrospect, I should have saved that line for Tyrese Maxey, whom I had in the top 10 and was selected 21st overall. Next quote. So what are the biggest things I've learned from ranking Avdia that high for one? I think it's important that you can identify at least one NBA skill when evaluating prospects. Of course, in today's positionless NBA, you have to be able to do multiple things. But I always tell young players, why is the coach going to look down the end of the bench and put you in the game? What's your superpower that you do that you do better than almost anyone on the team? Well, Avia did a little of everything on both ends of the floor, pushing in transition, attacking downhill, making occasional threes and showing off the potential to develop into a versatile defender. He didn't quite have one elite skill he could hang his hat on every night, regardless of the opponent. On top of that, I've learned that potential top three caliber prospects generally need that sense of inner calm that allows them to take over games, along with the skill set to make shots off the dribble. If they're going to ultimately blossom to a win creator, like I projected Denny Avia to become, Avia often played a little too sped up, which has helped him become a great defender, but is also a reason it has taken time for him to slow down offensively. The shooting off the dribble was a bit of an adventure as well as he's a career 31% shooter from three so far. So I'm going to react to that, to what he said in the next segment. But before I do react to what Mike Schmidt said, 
This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, my favorite play, my favorite flavor is cookies and cream. It's super, super healthy. Tastes like a candy bar, but it tastes just it tastes just as good as a candy bar, but a lot more healthy. Uh, I eat it every day when I wake up. I put it in the fridge too, just to give it a little zing, just to give me a little wake up, just to give me a little pop. It tastes really, really good when it's cold. Um, and if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends that's what friends do. A chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavor, marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Bilt's birthday cake puffs. Bilt has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake, enrobed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. All Bilt puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Bilt, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. They are made with collagen protein, with your body, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to build.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. This episode is brought, make, thank, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So my thoughts on the article. Um, do I disagree or agree? I mean, looking back at the draft, is is Denny the still of the is he still the still of the draft of the draft? Is Denny Avdia still the still of the draft? No, he's not. The still of the draft right now is like you said, you know, Tyrese Halliburton at twelve. He definitely should have got gone higher than a lot of the guys. At pick 19, who was drafted by the Nets, and then also went to the Pistons. He was traded to the Pistons after being dealt to the Clippers. Um, so you look at look at the list here. The Timberwolves at first they drafted Anthony Edwards. Pick two was James Wiseman. Pick three was Lamelo Ball. Pick four was Patrick Williams. Pick five was Cavaliers uh, Isaac Okoro. The Hawks drafted Onyeke Okongwu. The Pistons drafted Killian Hayes, and the Knicks drafted Obi Toppin. Now, Obi Toppin, he's been in and out of the rotation. Recently, he's been really good. That latter half of the year when they sat down Julius Randle, Obi Toppin had some big games where he had a 30-point game, played really well against the Wizards. But the other guys, in my opinion, they really have not been leaps and heads above Denny Avdia. There's some guys, and Isaac Okoro has been solid. He's been a really good defensive player. He made first-team all-rookie. But he hasn't, you know, Isaac Okoro hasn't been, you know, leaps above Denny Avdia at all. I think they're in a similar stratosphere as as production wise, um, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams has some. He he made the All Rookie Team as well. He's played pretty well, but he hasn't been like, oh my goodness, Patrick Williams is is, is you know so much better than Denny Abdia in my opinion. Uh, Anyeke Okongwu, you know he's developed a little. You know he's still developing. He's been on the bench, you know behind Clint Capella. You know he's still more of a rotational guy. So once again, he's not leaps above Denny Abdia either. Killian Hayes for the Pistons, he struggled. He struggled to. 
you know, crack the lineup as well. So he's really struggled. He's not, he has not been leaps above Danny Avdi as well. There, you know, Pistons have been rumored to look to trade Killian Hayes as well. Like I said, Obi Toppin has had his struggles as well. You know, he didn't play well his rookie year. But like I said, when guys sat, Julius Randle, Obi Toppin got more of an opportunity. Jalen Smith from the Suns, who was picked right behind Denny, didn't work out with the Suns. The Suns declined his option, and they ended up trading him. So that shows what they thought about Jalen Smith. Now, Jalen Smith has played really, really well with the Pacers so far. Um, Devin Vassell with Spurs, he's had his ups and downs as well. He hasn't really been, you know, he hasn't popped yet. He's shown some potential for sure. Um, Kyra Lewis. It's still a work in progress, and the Aaron Neesmith, it's just really hard for him to get on the floor with the Celtics because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So what I'm getting, you know, Cole Anthony was drafted 15, so I, I think he's had a better career so far than Denny Avdia. So there's really only the guys that were drafted behind Denny, Cole Anthony, Emmanuel Quickly, Sadiq Bay, and Tyrese Maxey are, are the four guys that I can really tip my hat to and say, hey, okay, they have had better, you know, their two years have been better than Denny for sure. Those are the two guys I can point to. Denny being the still in the draft, that's that's yet to be seen. He's only 21 years old, 31% from the three. And then also the stat that is really alarming to me for Denny is his finishing around the rim where he has been missed, you know, he's missed layups, he's missed bunnies, the left hand, not being able to dribble with his left hand. They talked about that. Um, defending without fouling, I think he, pound for pound, he might be our best defender, our best wing defender. Actually, he is our best wing defender on the Washington Wizards. There's metrics and stats to show that. I talked about his versatility, where he's able to guard one through five, not just one through four, but one through five, where he's guarding the best player on the other team. So he is our best defender, but he does have to be able to, to, to defend without fouling. That's the one thing right there. So, And the stat that alarms me is he shot 63% within three feet of the basket, which ranks among the lowest on the Wizards roster. For comparison, you can look at six foot one point guard, Howell Neto, who shot 66% on those plays. Rui Hajimura shot 84%. Corey Kispert shot 79%. And Kyle Kuzma shot 74% from within three feet of the basket. So that's basically a layup. It's it's a layup or a floater. And Denny Avdi has really struggled from three feet within the basket where you really should be finishing at a high clip. He's shooting 63%, which is way below the average. Um, Now, to be fair to Denny, it could be on Tommy Shepard and his evaluation. You know, like Mike Schmidt said, Denny Avdi doesn't have one elite skill. I think he's a jack of all trades guy where he's good at rebounding. He's good at a lot of things, but he's not great at uh, he's not great at one thing. Same thing with Troy Brown Jr., who was drafted uh, by the Wizards a couple of years, by Ernie Grenfell back in I want to say 2018. He was good at everything, but he wasn't elite at anything. And the 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 knock on Troy Brown Jr. as well was three point shooting. Now, for me, the fit with the team with Tommy Shepard, you know, looking at this roster. To build around Bradley Bill, you need to draft more three and D guys. You have to draft guys that are able to stretch the floor and to be able to shoot the three. I really look at the Suns and how they drafted around Devin Booker. Devin Booker and Bradley Bill are both scoring guards. They're both two guards that are, you know, 6'3, 6'4, 6'5. And their main thing is getting to the basket and scoring, and they're able to stretch the floor and shoot the three. Now, Bradley Bill hasn't been able to stretch the floor and shoot the three as of late. But when you're building around, when your team is constructed to build around a shooting guard, that is a that is a scoring shooting guard. You need to get guys that can shoot the three. And I think with Russell Westbrook being there, his his Denny's rookie year, that did stun his growth, where he was a three and D guy. And I think that's on the evaluation. That's on the general manager's evaluation on how he fits with the team. If you're gonna have a guy in Russell Westbrook who has a high usage rate, or even if John Wall would, if they even if they didn't trade John Wall and they would have kept John Wall, that's that they had a similar skill set where they're a high usage point guard 
where everybody around them is more of a three and D guy, and then you just need a big they can rim run at the five or stretch the, stretch the floor. That's that's the best suited team around a John Wall or Russell Westbrook. When you have a Russell Westbrook, everybody needs to be able to really knock down a three. In my in my opinion, when you're running that offense, you need guys that are able to really space the floor to work with Russell Westbrook, and then Scott Brooks, the way he employed Denny was as a three and D wing, a catch and shoot three and D wing. And that's just not what Denny is. Denny's more of a secondary ball handler. He's a playmaker. He's a jack of all trades. He's a guy that needs to get the rebound and push and, um, and get guys open. You know, he can unlock, you see the behind the back pass to Rui Hachimura, um, some alley-oops that he threw to Christoph Porzingis as well. That's the way you unlock Denny and his growth was stunning. Of course, 2020, the, the COVID year, health and safety protocols, then he hurts his ankle, doesn't have a real offseason. This offseason is where he's going to have a real offseason, where he really gets to develop. He's going to be playing overseas in FIBA. He'll get to play there. So those are my some of my responses to people who say, you know, he's not the steal of the draft. Yes, I agree. He's not the steal of the draft. He has not lived up to that, that pre-draft hype or shades of Luka Doncic. I see it sometimes, but comparing him to Luka Doncic, I think is really, really unfair. Um, but I do want to finish up a little bit on Denny. A little bit more on my takes on him. Uh, but before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so like I, like I alluded to before, if Denny was maybe on the Thunder or, say, the Magic or the Pistons where, you know, he could get more playing time, where he could have been more free, where he could have had more secondary ball handling duties, I think West Enzo Jr. definitely tried to employ him that way more then maybe he would look more to steal the draft. But I just feel like the evaluation part on the front office with the Wizards and the pick and the fit next to a Russell Westbrook with a high usage rate and a Bradley Bill with a high usage rate, that's where I'm questioning the um, the evaluation process right there and the fit with the with, with Denny and the team. You know, because if you really want to unlock him, I just I feel like his fit next to Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook at that time did not fit and then coming in this year you know there's a lot of guys on the same level so he came off the bench he was a rotational player towards the end of the year he got more playing time but it was hard for him to get playing time but he did get a lot of playing time because he was really really good defensively that's where he had to find his find his needs but for him to live up to that hype he has to finish better around the rim he has to find a left hand for sure he has to do that he has to work on that this summer and this all season to crack that starting rotation and average you know 30 to 35 minutes per game um, so those are the things for me. Um, but like I said, looking at the draft, to be fair to him, there's some guys who really haven't you know, lived up to the hype either. Like I said, this, this you know, Killian Hayes for one. Obi Toppin's been solid, but he's not looking like a steal of the draft either, a best player of the draft. Patrick Williams has had his moments here and there. Isaac Okoro, 
Onyeki Okongwu is still a rotational player coming off the bench as well. But, um, yeah, some some guys do get evaluated a little too high. And um, Denny, I think he's going to be a good player, but he certainly has a lot of things that he needs to work on for sure. And um, I still think he has a chance to be a really, really good player, a good rotational player, a good starter in the NBA for sure. So it was definitely an interesting write-up by Mike Schmitz. Now, quickly, I didn't get to get to uh, Sato's a evaluation but there is a quick article here um about sato going to or potentially signing with barcelona i do want to read that to you very quickly here because um you got to think about that you really have to think about that that he possibly could be gone you know he is a free agent um the wizards signed him after he was bought out by the spurs and pelicans i'll read this article really quickly Quote, um, Tomo Sadaransky is negotiating with FC Barcelona regarding a possible reunion with the Spanish team, according to Enerio Tarasi, Borghizan of, excuse me, Sportando. Sadaransky will be an unrestricted NBA free agent this summer, but apparently is looking toward overseas options. Played for three NBA teams this season, 32 games with the Pelicans, one with the Spurs, and 22 more with the Wizards. In the latter stop, he appeared in 22 games, 10 starts, and averaged five points per game, five assists per game and 2.8 rebounds per game. Sadaransky, who was in the final season of an, of an expiring three-year $30 million contract, was traded twice in 21-22 and was bought out by the Spurs. He signed with the Washington Wizards after clearing waivers. So keep that in mind, guys. I mean, I would like to see Sato come back. Tommy Shepard wants to see him come back. Christoph Porzingis wants to see him come back. I'll probably do his evaluation and review next episode. But that's something to keep in mind, that he clearly could go overseas and sign with FC Barcelona. You know, he is projected to get a one-year $3 million to $6 million deal, you know, if SC Barcelona is willing to pay him that or even more to match that salary or even more, you know, he could just go back and play there and, you know, enjoy his time over there, you know, see. So he, he clearly could do that. He clearly could do that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he did that. So, but um, once again, Denny, I think he's a good player. He's been a good player so far. He's He's more of a rotational guy. That's what I see him as right now. Can he bud into a superstar or an all-star at 21? You know, he's still – he's going into his third year. The Wizards picked up his option. You know, will he get a second contract? That's the thing with Wizards. You know, uh, rookies, Troy Brown didn't get a second contract. Kelly Oubre did not get a second contract. We got to see what's going on with Rui. Is he going to get a second contract? Is he going to be on the – is he going to be on the trade block? Same thing with Denny. Is he going to be on the trade block? Are they going to try to trade either Rui, Denny, or Kuzma for a point guard? You know, that's things you got to look at because they're in win now mode. It's hard to develop players in win now. And Denny right now, the way it looks, you know, because the protected starting five is probably going to be point guard X, Bradley Bill, KCP, Kuz of the four, and Porzingis. You know, that's most likely what's going to be the starting five. And Denny would come off the bench. So can Denny live up to the hype coming off the bench and the Wizards try to win at the same time? Those are the question marks in the, in the, tra in the trajectory is Bradley Bill and Denny on the same timeline, but you got to see what Denny could do when Kuzma sat down. When Kuzma sat down for the last, you know, 10 games of the year, we saw Denny had three games with zero points and he was struggling. Then he played a lot better after the trade deadline and got more confident. The three-point shot is the swing skill. The ball handling is the swing skill. And the finishing around the room is the swing skill. So he has three swing skills that he really has to work on and improve on. I thought this article was very intriguing and interesting. So, you know, Tommy Shepard, he has some decisions to make. Is Denny going to be included in a, in a trade package for a point guard or for a star that can play next to Bradley Bill? If they want to build around Bradley Bill. So, I, like I said, I just question the fit in the evaluation process. But I just want to thank you guys for listening. 
and making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the NBA Finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Wizards on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Also, please put down a question for the mailbag episode. I will be doing a mailbag episode either this weekend or coming up this week. Don't forget the NBA Draft Lottery is May 17th on Tuesday. It's going to be a busy, busy, busy day. The Washington Wizards have a small chance, very, very small chance to get into the – they have a 13.9% chance to get in the top five, 3% chance to get into the top three, and a 60% chance to stay at pick 10. So I want to thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to put down your mailbag question, questions. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.